Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello, sitting alongside Michael Nislick. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com, Gourmet Donuts, based in Birmingham. Check out their coffee shops uh, all around Birmingham for them. Go to WeHaveDonuts.com for more information on locations. You can pick up the donuts. Also, there's some pop-up locations from time to time. You can also pick them up uh, via Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Auburn and Montgomery. So go check out WeHaveDonuts.com for much more information. Uh, Michael, um, a lot of success with Auburn Auburn's main sports here. I was just thinking about this tonight as we recorded on a late Tuesday night. Uh, baseball's off to a 13-0 and start after a, a big rally Tuesday night at UAB. It's second best start in program history. Softball team's uh, only lost two games so far. Basketball team just won an SEC uh, championship in the regular season. And football advanced to the SEC championship game itself. Um, and in the immediate future, of course, We'll continue to talk about basketball, and that's what we're going to mainly talk about today. Uh, Auburn basketball, co-champions since we last spoke to you, of the SEC. They beat South Carolina 79-70 to to share that title with Tennessee. Tennessee's on a bit of a hot streak, but Auburn heads into the SEC tournament this week as the number one seed. More on that later. But here um, of late, especially Tuesday, the you know coach of the year, player of the year, and the all-SEC teams were released by uh, the AP, which has its own list. And, of course, the coaches who have their own list. The coaches list came out first, Mike. And it uh, uh, made some uh, ripples in the lake, so to speak, at Auburn. Even though Auburn doesn't have a lake, as the Clemson fans would tell you. But uh, ruffled some feathers. Yeah, I think there was a general feeling that Auburn was uh, underrepresented, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, for the coaches list, um, Bryce Brown and Jared Harper were recognized, but they were recognized in the second team. Uh, and so the SEC also put out a freshman team that nobody made it from Auburn on. Uh, Mustafa Heron was nowhere to be found. And then Anthony McElmore did make the all-defensive team. Um, but that was it. And so I think there was a general frustration that uh, maybe Auburn deserved a little bit more considering um, their level of talent, what happened this season with two starters missing the entire way through, uh, and so on and so on. Um, which were you, which, which snub or, or do you think there was a snub that was egregious? Well, there was a couple, um, I could see why uh, Rick Barnes was named coach of the year by both the coaches and the AP. Um, technically, Tennessee was picked lower in the preseason. They were picked to finish second to last in the SEC. I think Auburn was ninth. Uh, of course, Tennessee didn't go through what Auburn did right before the season started with two of its best players having to sit on the bench um, and have to go deal with this FBI investigation. So I wasn't too, you know, my eyebrow wasn't raised too high with Rick Barnes being named the coach. I've been saying all along that if Tennessee wins the SEC, it should go to Rick Barnes, and they were co-champions, so I can see where you know Bruce Pearl might not get the vote there. But I'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But um, I think the thing that stuck out the most to me was Bryce Brown and or Jared Harper not being first team uh, with the coaches list when that first came out. 
Um, yeah. You know, and I also thought maybe Bryce Brown had a chance to be SEC player of the year, but that typically almost always goes to whoever the hot one and done freshman is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but th- Bryce Brown and Jared Harper getting kind of snubbed for that. I know Bruce Pearl was tweeting quite a bit about Mustafa Heron, um, yeah. you know, not getting selected. And I can understand that too, leading the team in scoring and all that. But, you know, he's a volume shooter in some, some ways, you know, he goes on cold streaks. Uh, heck he was on a cold streak against South Carolina, actually only hit one shot. And it was that dunk near the end of the game. Um, so I, 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 if I was an Auburn fan and, and I, I'd be more upset about the Bryce Brown and Jared Harper, uh, situation. Plus, I mean, the very fact, and if the, and if the research is correct, it's just incredible, incredible to me that not one Auburn player was on the first team of the all SCC list, despite being the co-champions of the SEC. And apparently if this is the first time since 1956, since this has been uh, the records have been kept, so to speak, that this has happened to a champion of the SEC. And if that's true, that tells me there's more to this than anything else, in my opinion. I don't know what you think. But. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I don't think Heron not making it as big of a deal as, you know, some made it out to be. And, you know, the lists were eight each. Uh, so, you know, people got to understand this was 16 players total so you know the thought was yeah. well you know mustafa is is mustafa the t- in the top 16 players and you know watching p- the you know n- watching every team i i could see an argument that says he's he wasn't uh he's an he's a streaky player uh some nights you kind of think oh man you know he flashes something but i don't i don't think every coach saw that uh you know there were some games where he kind of disappears and you know look getting points isn't i don't think uh the hardest thing to do in college basketball. And I think that's what kind of defines his game. So that didn't shock me. Achuma not getting all freshmen was kind of surprising, especially with it being an, a list of eight. Uh, I think he was clearly better than some, like the last three names. Of, I agree with whether, that. Spoon, yeah. Stark. Uh, the numbers weren't all that different. Uh, and, you know, the impact Chuma had was, was much more significant. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just was surprised uh, just because, you know, teams looked at him and, you know, there was something he did really good every game. Um, and, and coaches kind of responded to that. Um, and then, like you said, the not getting a first team. I thought Bryce was player of the year or deserving of it, to be honest. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of advanced metrics that says Harbor was kind of the more efficient player. But at the same time, I just think, you know, when you watch that team and how many key shots did he make throughout the season, uh, Bryce. And, uh, you know, I know he struggled at the end late, but look, eight three-pointers to lock down the conference title. Um, Yeah, he had a pretty special year, I just thought. And uh, without any kind of, like you said, one-and-done guy that stood out, uh, best player on on the best team, I think, you know, Bryce had an argument, at least had, to be in the top eight players. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Bryce Brown was not going through that three-game slump he kind of had, Auburn probably beats Florida at Florida, and the narratives kind of changed a little bit. One, Auburn would have uh, been the uh, sole champion, which would make this even more absurd, to be quite honest. Just one game would make this more absurd if you really think about it. Um, But the reason, I I think this goes deeper in the fact, and, and Bruce Pearl knocked this idea off to the side today or Tuesday in the press conference. But I, 
I'm of the belief that this FBI investigation and, of course, Bruce Pearl's history, uh, in the eyes of people who are voters, including coaches and the media, it tainted Auburn and Bruce Pearl and the players to some sense. And, okay, that's, I guess, in a way I could see where that subconsciously could affect you, but I don't think that should have affect how you vote for players, especially those that are, you know, not involved in any wrongdoing that have been cleared. And in a way, I think some of these voters punished Auburn because of things that they did not do that were on the periphery, obviously involved Auburn, but they're not Chuck Person. They're not Dan Joe Purifoy. They're not Austin Wiley. They're not the families of those, those two players. Uh, they're not Chuck Person. Um, I think that there's a little bit of that, 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 that perspective from folks that they believe that Bruce Pearl's a dirty coach. He's obviously had always been on that, on that line, teetering on that line of people either loving him or hating him. There's like no middle road with him. And this goes all the way back to uh, the 1980s um, with him. I mean, he was really an NCAA exile before he was an NCAA exile officially with that show cause penalty after his Tennessee days uh, because of the tape stuff that was going on. Um, and then he had to work his way back up, and everywhere he's been, he's won a conference title, including Auburn. So I can understand to a certain extent him not getting coach of the year, not necessarily because of that or even that perspective, uh, that looking through him, looking to him through that prism. But because of the job Rick Barnes did at Tennessee, especially late in the season, I think they've won like 11 of their last 13 games. They're really streaking right now. They're really playing very well. But for Jarrett Harper and or Bryce Brown not to get first team with the coaches that on an eight-man team? Really? Yeah, um, you know, it's hard I, to I think say. That, I think that's – I and those coaches played against them. Auburn right. beat Auburn beat teams by double digits all season. And, you know, and, 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 and so they, those coaches saw those players beat them and they know those two players are what really sparked Auburn. So to not vote them first team, I think goes deeper than just, oh, we overlooked them. I think that it, I think that they're punishing those players because of what they think of Bruce Pearl and how they project Auburn because it's in Bruce Pearl's image and everything that happened with Chuck Person. I think it's unfair in that extent. And I think that's what happened with this. And, you know, it's hard to say, though, uh, how much, uh, you know, with, with what, 14 coaches? Was it one coach that left them off the ballot completely that swung it? Because they were the second team. So were they missing one or two votes? You know, and I, was, I mentioned this on the Facebook Live. It would have been interesting to see what the top five was for player of the year. If Jared Harper and Bryce Brown aren't on there, uh, you know, in terms of votes, then you can kind of see just how much they got snubbed across the league, you know, as far as how people respected them. So, um you know, without knowing, you know, it could have been just one or two coaches that just don't like him and left them off their ballot completely. Um, you know, because they did make the second team. So, um, you know, maybe that, you know, Bruce believes that it wasn't by and large that, but maybe it was a little bit that. Because even if it was a little, it could have swung the thing, could have swung the vote. Yeah. I mean, Bruce is going to say the right things when it comes to this. Publicly. He was much more calm. Like I said, if we had talked to him, I think. Right after it happened, it might have been a more interesting. Um, yeah, because he was of he was definitely more charged up on Twitter. 
right. uh, than he was in the press conference. I mean, right. he was saying, you know, it's, it's the story of the season for them. Right. And, 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 and that meaning the disrespect going back to the them zeroing in on one CBS sports writer saying that Auburn or Auburn would finish four and 14 and them making a t-shirt with that record on it. Um, I'd be interested to hear how they're utilizing this as motivation if he's bringing it up or obviously the players all know, or are they just bringing it up themselves, but definitely it's something they'll try to use to their benefit going into the sec tournament. But on the outside looking in, and this is based off of just looking at how writers have treated Auburn and have uh, valued Auburn throughout the year. It's definitely the Bruce Pearl effect. I, I, I saw one writer say that Bruce Pearl deserves to be coach of the year, but they would have voted for Rick Barnes anyway. Um, they did not have, as far as I know, I'd have to look at the list, an AP vote for coach of the year. And there was only 15 voters, by the way. Yeah. So this guy uh, this guy actually uh, resides outside the SEC, but he's a well-respected writer. And he just gave no reason for it, but it's obvious him saying, yeah, Bruce Pearl should be coach of the year, but I'm going to vote for Rick Barnes. You know, what's that tell you? Um, I, I saw other uh, other writers saying that uh, they believe that Bruce Pearl should have been fired before the start of the season, and they but what happened today should not be a punishment on the players. The players should still be voted for. So if someone like that is thinking that in their head, certainly the other writers and the coaches are thinking that in the back of their heads too, like. This is this Auburn program's under a lot of scrutiny right now with the FBI investigation into Chuck Person and who knows what else will happen when the NCAA comes to town and everybody sits down and talks at the NCAA and, and the president's office. But I don't think you can because I don't think you can tarnish what Auburn has done this season because of what happened in the preseason, especially when the players involved, allegedly involved, are sitting out. You know what I mean? And and and, mm-hmm. and one could argue Bruce Pearl did maybe the job of his career by getting this team to win a championship without those two players and to do it at Auburn where it's only been done twice before in its entire history. Um I, I think there's definitely some some of that going on in the back of people's heads and they're looking at everything through different lenses when they look at the Auburn basketball program. And it's because of Bruce Pearl and it's because of what happened with this, this FBI investigation before the season started. Yeah. But as we talked about earlier today, I I could see why uh, it would affect you for coach of the year and why I don't think it's not, I I don't think you could dismiss the argument that he should be rewarded for his best coaching job after, you know, one of his assistants did something wrong to get two players um, in trouble. Um, because it's, you know, you're responsible for what your assistants do. So I think that kind of comes into it. Um, is it hypocritical of coaches because, you know, there's a lot going on? Oh yeah, sure. But, uh, you know, that's just the business. Um, but it shouldn't, like you said, be taken out on Bryce Brown because, I mean, ultimately he didn't do anything. Yeah, wrong. Um, so, or Jared Harper, um, or Mustafa Heron. Uh, but, you know, who knows? We don't know the voting. We don't, you know, it, it, we'll never know wh- how, <laughs> what went down. But uh, I think it'll be just part of the narrative that they try to tell players in the locker room how everybody's out to get them or hate them. 
And that leads to Auburn going to the SEC tournament. They have a double bye. They do not play until Friday at noon Central Time in the SEC tournament quarterfinals. Opponent to be determined, but it'll be either Alabama or Texas A&M. Alabama and A&M play Thursday at noon Central Time on the SEC network. Um, You know, just briefly, I think a team can only ride emotion ever so briefly in a game. And the reason why I say that, you just look for the evidence here in the immediate past. Auburn knew they had to beat South Carolina to win an SEC championship, or at least a little know that they, you know, they controlled their own destiny that way. And they went into that game with perhaps its coldest start of the entire season. They were shooting 12%, I think, with like nine minutes left in the first half. You know, emotion can only carry you so far. Um, so I don't know how much them getting this quote-unquote chip on their shoulder is going to help them going into the SEC tournament. Um, I definitely think that maybe it'll give them a little more adrenaline if they're getting tired, which would be a good thing because they're down to seven scholarship players, as we all know. But um, their draw here, Michael, is as we look at the bracket, uh, obviously Auburn's got to play either Alabama or A&M. I, I would think um, you would agree, too, that the – the best matchup for Auburn there would be Alabama. Yeah, and it gets you emotionally engaged uh, to have that. Uh, it just gives you something extra to play for. They don't want their uh, tournaments. Uh, you know, I think this tournament means less than the uh, regular season championship, and with the exception of they don't want to lose to Alabama. That right, and Alabama's and Alabama's lost five straight, including their and they're season. spiraling. And they're, they're just absolutely spiraling. I mean, Auburn, of Fire. course, beat the crud out of them uh, two weeks ago. Um, they've lost five straight going into the SEC tournament. They lost their regular season finale it. at Texas A&M. Doing. And now they have to play A&M again. Um, and A&M is, you know, I, I, they're without one of their guards, right? Like yeah. ACL. Dwayne Wilson. Yep. Right. So, you know, it's just... And it was a close game in in College Station. But Alabama, having Colin Sexton on that team, a lottery pick likely, to be 17-14 and 14 at this point with an 8-10 and 10 SEC record uh, is an incredibly just... I mean, people were having Alabama in their top 25 in the preseason uh, yeah, ahead of you know, Auburn. They-, they, were, they were the hot team in the state, and they just fell apart. I kind of wrote them off and I joked with one of the, the coaches uh, that, you know, are you you're ready to play Texas A&M? And they said, no, 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 don't, don't write them off. And it was, it was serious. And I think their, their point was, look, they could get hot. And, you know, Alabama's is as much of a mismatch for Texas A&M with their guards as Texas A&M is with their front court with Alabama and, you know, Auburn. Uh, but I just don't see it. But having said that, Maybe it's like an AAU team where they can get hot one weekend and, and that's all they need because that's kind of how they're built. They just got a bunch of talented players. And while they haven't figured it out, uh, maybe they can their talent will overwhelm their sort of problems. But I don't know. I mean, they went in that Florida game and had 14 minutes without field goal. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. That's, pretty, that's really bad. And then again, before they went on this five-game losing streak, they beat Tennessee by 20-plus right. points. It's so, just so see, weird. You see the talent that they have and what they're capable of. And Colin Sexton's always going to be one of the best, if not the best player on the floor, uh, talent-wise. Um, but they, they haven't figured it out. And Avery Johnson hasn't figured it out. So who knows? All right. So 
let's say, let's say, let's just go ahead and start picking bracket here off the top of our heads. Uh, I'm going to say A and M beats Bama. What about you? That was my guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. So see it. Auburn and and A and M in the quarterfinals. What do you think happens there? I think it's going to be tough. I don't know, if they, if there's any foul trouble for Auburn, I think it'll depend on the game is called. Uh, it could be a tough one. And look, Auburn's a team that feeds off energy. I'm interested to see what that environment's like. Um, it could be quiet uh, noon on a Friday uh, in St. Louis. Um, Auburn will bring some fans, but uh, it's not going to be like it was last week where they kind of used the emotion of that crowd to pull them through. Um, but I, I think it's going to be tough if it's Texas A&M. Yeah, I do too. The mismatch inside, of course, and A&M being Auburn's only loss at home this season is something to be concerned about, especially when Auburn at the time was playing with Anthony McLemore, who, of course, is out for the season now for Auburn. Um, that That's going to be a tough game, though I think if Jared Harper and Bryce Brown both hit their shots, they win that game because they didn't in the A&M game that, uh, earlier this season either. They, they weren't hitting shots. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just simply with this team. I know it sounds so stupid and simple, but they hit their shots. Those two guys hit their shots. They're going to have a shot at – beating anybody in this SEC tournament. And, you know, you look at it, uh, I think Jared Harper made a good point that, look, you know, Alabama, especially, I suppose, I think Texas A&M is probably more of a block for the tournament. Um, but that game's a much bigger deal than for it is for Auburn. So that could be a make or break. You know, you want to lock your tournament chances in, and um, those teams will both have that game. That uh, could be their season right there. Um, for Auburn, that's not the case. So, yeah, definitely. No matter which team Auburn faces, it will be one in which that that team has more motivation going into it. That is mm-hmm. definitely a good point because their season could be riding on the line. Yeah. Um, and then after that, let's say Auburn beats A and M or Alabama, I would think that they're probably going to play Kentucky in the semis. And yeah, so I mean, Georgia Vanderbilt's the opening round. The winner of that plays Missouri, and then uh, you know you'd think whoever comes out of that Georgia Vanderbilt game, Missouri wins, and then Kentucky Missouri. Missouri get an advantage from the home crowd ish, uh, but Kentucky's really and they have Porter and they have Porter back apparently Porter back, but Kentucky's really kind of pulled things together a little bit. Outside that, I think they lost their season finale, but um, you know played better after losing to Auburn. Um, but yeah, I would think Kentucky. And Kentucky's going to have the crowd. Um, there's no doubt about that. They'll travel, yeah. Well, Wildcats have won the last three SEC tournaments. Hmm. Um, I think they've won five of the last eight or something like that under Coach Cal. Um, they'll have the fans. I, I the, Auburn can't match that fan base. It just can't. I mean, Kentucky's a blue blood. Um. I, I just don't think Auburn's going to get past the semis this year. If well, they're going to be look, the Auburn's going to be really struggling on Saturday with no rest and eight guys. Uh, you know, even if you give them past the first day, uh, it's going to be hard. This is not a team built for a tournament in a weekend. Uh, you know, they get days off with the NCAA uh, with eight available scholarship players. You're that's that's a lot to ask uh, to turn the page and be ready especially with shooters that rely on kind of having their legs under them. I just don't think they're built for a tournament. Yeah, especially this, as you said, day after day day after day. Um, Getting a day off would help. But uh, this is 
much different animal. It's going to be tough for Auburn from the get-go because, as as we said, playing A&M or Alabama team, that's going to be motivated to try to get to the tournament. And then, of course, even if Auburn wins that game, probably playing Kentucky in the semis, it's going to be difficult. Uh, I think Auburn's probably going to end up going one and one. Mm. And uh, going into the NCAA tournament is probably a three seed. Yeah, I think they'd have to win to be a two. So I think they're kind of locked in. I think the win on Saturday gave them a three for sure. I don't think they'll drop to a four even if they lost. You don't think so? I don't think so. Okay. But I mean, maybe I could be. I, I mean, yeah, the SEC's been, been pretty highly valued in the brackets. I mean, they've been getting like nine teams in most of the brackets I've seen. So um, I still think they'd end up as a three. I think it, I, I don't know about you, but I think it'll end up being eight teams, don't you? Yeah, I would assume that there's going to be, you know, if Mississippi State loses, well, and I would think loses Missis- that Alabama. I- a and M game, I would yeah. think one of those teams is going to get knocked out. Um, yeah, and I would think Mississippi State would probably need to win, uh, probably maybe two games. Yeah, um, <clears> and one of those lost, would be their last two or something like that too. Right, so. and they got beat by twenty-one points by LSU, who they yeah. faced by the way in the second round, and they have to face Tennessee in the quarterfinals. So that would be a big win for them, and they get to the semis. I think they'd have to make the tournament finals to probably make it in. Um, you know, one could argue, and I, I would, that uh, Tennessee's got the better draw as the number two seed on the other I side. I thought the they did. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought they did. So, for sure. especially in that first round. Um, I'd be, if I was Auburn, I'd be a lot less scared of LSU or Mississippi State than Texas AM. Yeah, because both teams, I mean, obviously Auburn's already beaten both teams, but also. State's kind of spiraling a little bit, and LSU just hasn't been very good all season. Yeah, they um, then they killed LSU the last time. <laughs> just right. killed them. Yeah, so, that was a uh, that was a dunk fest. Yeah. Um. So Auburn going to the SEC tournament. Uh. Actually, co favorites along with Tennessee, according to Bovada, uh, in Las Vegas, um, to win the tournament, but. Uh, I think just because of Auburn's depth, it's going to be very tough. Auburn's won the tournament once in 1985, of course, as a lot of folks remember. Um, Tennessee, interestingly, hasn't won it since 1979, despite, I think, having like four SEC tournament titles. But they haven't won once in 79. Um, My favorites going into the SEC tournament are Tennessee, Florida, and Kentucky. Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky. That's fair. Seems about right. Yeah. Um, Tennessee's just playing really well right now. Florida's got the guards to get it done, and Kentucky's Kentucky, and they're playing better of late, and they've just got the talent. Um, so. And like you said, they've been they 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 have a history of kind of putting it together around tournament time, with the exception of what one or two years on the yeah. last sort of decade. Really, um, they've managed to kind of play their best basketball. Now's the time. Uh, so, yep. Now, Bryce Brown, we were talking about hitting hit shots. Uh, Incredible game in the regular season finale against South Carolina. 8 of 12 shooting beyond the arc. He's the reason why Auburn beat South Carolina. Uh, Came out of that shooting slump. You wrote a pretty good story talking about uh, how he worked with his father to kind of get get out of that slump and what they were doing. And you've talked to Bryce's father a little bit more. How do you think Bryce Brown, one, is feeling physically with a shoulder in the foot and going into the tournament, and two, can he keep it up? Can he keep shooting uh, well? Well, he's going to keep shooting. 
Well, we know that. <laughs> Nobody's going to stop them. Uh, you know, it was interesting. 600, shot, 600 makes over three nights uh, before the tournament. Uh, they worked under kind of the lights, basically, at Auburn Arena together and just shot through it. Uh, physically, he's feeling better than he has all month. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he downplayed the injuries a little less so than, than the coaching staff. Um, but they were really bothering him. Um, and I think he's a player that needs to feel physically right to be in a kind of get in a groove. Um, and he wasn't feeling that way until that, that week, that, you know, the days leading up to that, uh, finale against South Carolina. I think he still feels really good. Um, and I think that means he's capable of putting up big numbers. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, they needed him to do that. I think this whole weekend really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and if you're an Auburn fan, just look just back look. to a few years ago, Bruce Pearl's first season when KT, KT Harrell just went off uh, in the yeah. SEC tournament shooting the basketball. That's all. I mean, that's not not really all it takes, but you got to have an all complete team effort. But if one or two guys can just get hot, that can carry you in a tournament setting. It really. Can yeah, and and, and he's the guy. I mean, look, he's done it this season. I mean, when he'd get hot. Uh, he could change the game. And, you know, when you're hitting three-point – look, he hit three straight at one point and four in a span of like three minutes in that game against South Carolina, and it basically felt like it was over, um, that they just didn't have the answers to kind of um, – Until the confetti gun went off. Yeah, yeah, and that, then it was <laughs> a scary moment. But, um, you know, teams just can't compete with that. I mean, it's just so impressive what he's able to do sometimes uh, when he gets the hot hand. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to watch in St. Louis. Uh, Michael will be in St. Louis starting late Thursday, and uh, of course, we'll be there Friday as Auburn faces either A and M or Alabama in the quarterfinals. And then on Sunday, we'll figure out where Auburn is headed for the NCAA tournament with a selection show, uh, which is apparently two hours long. That'll oh be fun. God, that's terrible. <laughs> it was three hours crime. long last year. That should be a crime. <laughs> Um, remember we are, uh, employees of CBS. Still should be a crime. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's talk just quickly about football. Football is, uh, practice underway. Of course, uh, three practices under Auburn's belt. They'll have their fourth one Thursday, and then they go on spring break for 12 days. We've seen, uh, two portions of practices, uh, a lot of standing around, a lot of special teams. Um, Nothing really strong to report. I, I would be surprised at this point, though, if quarterback Jarrett Stidham plays in the A-Day game at all mm. uh, because of his shoulder. Um, Eli Stowe certainly didn't sound like that's going to happen when we spoke to him uh, Tuesday night. Um, Nate Craig Myers is out, it seems like. He didn't have a helmet Tuesday, which was interesting, and he really needs to get his stuff together, have a good spring going into the fall. Um just because he's, he struggled a little bit last year at, at times. And I think the big story really this spring is just what's going to happen at running back, but we're really not going to know what happens at running back until the season starts based off history. Uh, if Gus Malzahn doesn't like to really settle on a starting running back until the game three or four. Um, but the the one name we keep hearing, though, is uh, Jartavius Whitlow. And I think uh, that's such a smoke screen. I do you do. think so? I, I just – I don't think there's any chance he's in the top even four backs. I just, I just do. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, I just get the feeling that he's just not anywhere close. I really so, do. 
don't someone know. needs to ta- someone needs to tag uh, at old takes uh, exposed. That's right. Like your picture of your uh, tweet. Uh, I hope a fan brings one out to the to the season. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, um, this is not. It's not great. It's not a great team. No, it's not a great team. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe this will be as bad of a take as Malik Miller and Nate Craig are going to be the offensive MVPs. I don't know, but uh, uh, I just I don't I don't see it. I really don't. Yeah. We haven't seen him touch the ball, <laughs> so maybe maybe we we'll uh, see. No, him I saw him touch the ball Tuesday in a kick return. Did you? Yeah, okay. that, you know, there's no uh, tackling. I saw him lay down on Tuesday. So you did. You did see uh, yeah. him lay down stretch. So uh, you know, um, it's just a gut feeling, and based on what the talent they have back, I think Cam Martin is going to win the starting job, unless something crazy happens and somebody shows out. I think Devin Barrett might be your backup. Uh, that's kind of my early guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What Let's are your go. thoughts? I I don't know. I really don't. Um, hopefully I'll get a better feel for it. And three things I think, three things I know, or two bits Wednesday or Thursday. I got, I need to talk to some people, but uh, I don't have a good feel on that at all. To be quite honest, this is this has just been a boring spring so far. Before. Well, and I think that's maybe the bigger storyline that the lack of enthusiasm, sort of, I've sensed from readers, is just sort of surprising. Yeah. And I think it's just and a carryover from the I know season. It's spring football, but uh, I just think that there's been more excitement about the team in past years. Yeah, and amount. plus with basketball doing so well, yeah, people are focused on that. Um, it'll heat back up with spring football when they get back from spring break because they'll actually start scrimmaging and everything. Because as it is now, it's so spaced out. Yeah, it's hard. They're to really not doing feel, anything. Yeah. I mean, they finally started hitting a little bit Tuesday, but not tackling. I mean, what can you tell from that? Nothing. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, all right, let's go to listener questions. We actually have some. They're not. They're not all great, but we have some. Uh, Blake Ells asks, "What's the deal with Ari?" Um, Blake is asking about Ari. From the Bachelor, I have no idea what that even made those words mean together. So uh, I guess that's a question a, for you. The guy's a complete uh, sociopath. I believe. Okay. He proposed to one girl and then broke it off like a month later to go propose to the girl he said no to that same day. So he proposed As you twice. Do. You know that that's what you do in life. Uh-huh. That's what normal people do. Um, Did it work out with the second girl? Uh, she he proposed to her tonight, Tuesday night on uh, the live Bachelor. It's stupid. And I did, only did, watched... And what did she say? She Don't said yes, that. of course, because he gave her a big, big true, expensive true, ring. True love wins out. There you go. True love. Yep. Um, yeah, I bet it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, some of those do, but. Not all of them, of course. Um, and there have been some really big dullards on that show in the last few years. Anyway. A-Man Corner, A-Man Corner, whatever you want to call it, ask what coaches specifically do you think didn't vote for Pearl? I don't know. I don't know. Who do you think hates Pearl? I mean, I would, I would think Alabama, just out of spite, but 
but that has that's not necessarily just Pearl. That's just the whole thing. But I mean, that would be one guess. But I don't know otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. Jake Winfrey asks if Christopher Nolan directs the next James Bond movie, will it be good? It would be, but he's not. He's already said he's not going. Yeah, to. Yeah, he already said he's not going to. Right? He said he'd like to someday, but I think he wants to when they start it all over again. Yeah, he's not going to do this one. I, I think it'd be great. Sure, I mean he's a great filmmaker. Why wouldn't? Yeah. And they kind of they kind of went to the Christopher Nolan route with Sam Mendes. Um, at least aesthetically, they look like a Christopher Nolan film. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys see the safety shaking out? Asked James Lott. Um, I think what you're seeing right now is what's going to ha- it's going to look like. Uh, Daniel Thomas and um, Jeremiah Denson as your starters. I wouldn't be surprised if some things get shaken up. Do you think Smoke Monday could step up as a freshman? Yeah, and they, and, you know, Jeremiah Denson played a little bit of corner. Uh, you know, they like moving him around. So, but who you gonna put in him. safety? Uh, well, I mean, we've had a lot of names. You got Smoke. Uh, somebody said Trivia Leonard today was playing really well and looked good. Um, to Travion or Trayvon? I don't know. Um, I think there's some guys. They don't have a lot of depth at safety. What about Jordan Peters, right? Isn't he in the mix? Of yeah, safety? he could play. He could play safety, though. He's more. He's been working at nickel, but he yeah, could be safety. Um, he could be a safety. Yeah, so I think it's up for grabs still. Yeah, cer- certainly, but I think those top two, Daniel Thomas, I think especially Jeremiah Denson, I think will be a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas is asking a question that I don't have the answer for. I really don't. When will Auburn's recruiting pick up? You know, probably in May, I would think, in June, if you're talking football. Basketball, yeah, I mean. basketball won't be till next year. <laughs> right. Um, the, the one senior's leaving, and it's Patrick Kine. Yes. So, And, you know, they won't know until May, I think, the first week of May, about the draft with guys. Um yeah, you got three names to keep an eye on there. Purifoy, Wiley, and maybe Mustafa Aaron. Yeah. Because Mustafa apparently flirted with it last year, even though that, that like came out of nowhere. I was like, was he really thinking about it? Um, When he announced that he was coming back, it was very strange. But, um, you know, we'll see. And he's been not on a single draft projection anywhere. No. Near it, so he'd be crazy to go. But the, the only guy you've so. seen... You know, Wiley yeah. is Wiley, yeah. Yeah, so. he's a border borderline first. Some people have him higher than others, but borderline first round pick right now. Right. And so. Purifoy still hasn't been cleared, so I mean, his his could be forced. Uh, he might have. Yeah, he just, he, he might just say, "I got I got to go do what I got to do." Yeah. So um, whether it's the NBA or going overseas, because he obviously, you know, doesn't necessarily have to go to the NBA. He might go go D-League, he might go to overseas, make some money, try making the NBA at some point. You never know. Uh, Anything else? That's it for listener questions. Anything else? What what are you looking forward to in St. Louis? Have you picked any eateries out? Not yet. I'm just, it could be a quick trip, so I guess I'm I'm not really sort of uh, getting ready to do a variety of things. Uh, because you get there Thursday, uh, you have media availability, yeah. uh, and, so, and you know the game early that you're kind of paying attention to. Um, 
And then you got the first thing on Friday, you're going to be at the arena. And by two o'clock, I could be headed back home. So uh, it's just a weird thing. You know, if they were there on Friday playing the late game, maybe you kind of think, oh, um, but with noon game, you know, you can kind of, you know, get back. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's like uh, I remember I haven't covered an SEC tournament in a while. Uh, actually, the last one, I guess, was Tony Barbie's last game against South Carolina. And that was in Atlanta? In Atlanta. So, you know, I drove back that night. I talked to Charles Barkley at halftime. He was pretty much like, yeah, they fire him, they fire him. And then they yeah. fired him like a hour later. But uh, New Orleans, when I was covering Mississippi State, um, that was great because Mississippi State, didn't, I went there in the day before, and they didn't play until the next night at like 8 o'clock. Or nine so then you have a day. day. Yeah. So yeah. I had the entire day. So, of course, I went out that night right. until about 6.30 a.m. And Yeah, uh, I mean, you're talking about being at the arena at 9.30 for this game on Friday. So it's not yeah. like you're going to be out. Yeah, you're uh, going to be able to do anything. And I think I'd they'd have the, the game I, at noon the next day, too. So it's, uh, right. it's, it's like they have the early kind of draw. So Yep. And you might be having to help with other teams. Right. So, but I mean, I guess you see the arch when you drive. So, I mean, I'll look at it and wave. Well, I you've guess. seen it. I've right. not seen. You never seen the arch? I mean, you're a Midwesterner. Per- I mean, you're in from person. No. Wow. No. How is that possible? I don't know. Never drove through St. Louis. Well, don't go to East St. Louis. You know what is it? The what is it? What is the city that all roads lead through? Whatever, but that's not St. Louis. So I never drove through St. Louis. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> St. Louis is the gateway to the West. I never saw it that way. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Well, it's it's Mississippi River, and you got the the arch. The arch is uh, pretty cool, though. You got to go uh, check that out if you can. I mean, you'll drive by it, like going through the bypass, the interstate, and you'll see a quick glimpse of it, and you go, eh. But actually, like walking up underneath it, it's pretty cool. I mean, it thing's huge. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I don't think I've ever been, I've never been inside of it. In fact, we were <laughs> some buddies of mine. We were walking inside of it, and this was just after nine eleven, so security was really hot. And uh, my buddy, who's a cop now, a police officer, he uh, was carrying a knife in his boot. And we went through a metal detector. Oh, and, and as soon as it beeped, he went, he went crap. And we we're like, what? And he goes, I've got a knife in my boot. And so they took him out to some back room and whatever and talked to him. And we waited for like 30 minutes and we didn't get any word about him or anything. So we said, screw him. Let's leave. And so we left and didn't hmm. go up and uh, went back to our hotel room waiting for him. Cause we had to go to what's a St. Louis Cardinals game that night. But, um, yeah, that's close as I got to going up, but yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, they have concerts there all the time. There's some. There used to be a riverboat casino right near there. I think there are casinos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't been there uh, in a while, very long while. I guess maybe since college. Well, you stayed there at night. Uh, from Missouri. Oh well, that's right. Yeah, I guess I did, but I was near the airport, so it was. When you stay at a hotel, I mean, people know this, business people, I guess. When you stay near uh, an airport at a hotel, you might as well be on the, the planet Mars because it's all the same yeah. to you. So, yeah, I stayed at the airport hotel for the night and drove to Columbia the next morning and then 
drove back late that night, went to sleep, and woke up the next morning, went to the uh, airport. No arch. Very far Good. away from the arch, actually. If I recall. Good times. But if you get a chance to eat, go to the hill. A hill or the hill? The hill. The hill? Yeah, it's a little area. Um, Italian restaurants and such. Mm. So, I'll keep it in mind. Keep it in mind if Auburn stays there. I will. For more than a day. All right. That it? Is there anything? I got nothing else. You have nothing. You seen Black Panther yet? I did. It's good. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Are you tiring of Marvel movies? No, no. I just I liked. I really liked the last couple. I I liked Thor, uh, and I liked uh, Spider Man, and uh, I don't know what was before that. But those two I thought were really good. I enjoyed those more than Black Panther. Really? Yeah. Oh, Black Panther is a better of those three. Yeah, it was okay. It actually gave me characters to care about. I cared about Peter Parker. Did you care about, I mean, Thor? I mean, really? Oh, I cared about Thor, yeah. And, <laughs> you <laughs> cared handsome, more about Jeff Goldblum. Handsome Chris, oh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum's great. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's great. He was really, really good. Uh, did you watch the feature? I only saw the first minute of it when they released a trailer for the him with the roommate. Do you see that there's a special feature on the thing? Because they know you, you know they did that thing with Thor. We got the roommate. I don't know what his name was, like Donnie or something. Yeah, I, I I watched one of those like a year ago. Yeah, and so now they had a new one where you got a new roommate, and it was Jeff Goldblum with the whatever his name was. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really funny. No, so, I haven't seen that. Is it on uh, YouTube? I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I check. At least out. the trailer was for it, and it looked good. But yeah, no, he was good. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goldblum was the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, he was really good. He had fun. He was, he was having fun. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Hope you have fun this week uh, watching Auburn in the SEC tournament. Uh, football's Pro Day is Friday morning as well. I'll be there while Michael's in St. Louis. on Johnson, who did not run the 40-yard dash, is scheduled to run the 40-yard dash. Uh, at Auburn's Pro Day. I'm sure he's going to run a pretty fast one considering everything's hand time there. Um, so we'll have live updates from there on the message board at the Bodegeta at auburnundercover.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by wehavedonuts.com. We'll see you guys down the road.